Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. episode number 65 of the natural hat trick podcast alongside the demanding jamie eisner and the musical craig morgan i'm luke lipinski how's everybody doing feeling good today yeah you should had a weekend off wow awesome i don't like craig as much anymore i turned it two days off and my wife said to me that's what everyone else calls a weekend (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of sad when you think about it that way though it is (laughs) you get like three of those a year don't you took so much out of you yeah, she said it that it's way. kind of a downer. Yeah. Just it's not even, it doesn't even feel like a weekend anymore. Are pointing that out. Remember when you were a kid and like, and you were in school and Sunday night was basically like when it got to like five o'clock on Sunday afternoon, it was, it was basically It's over. the, when you heard the 60 minutes theme at the end of the late football game, you knew your weekend was over. Yeah. Wow. Jamie really just painted a vivid just, picture there. We just hopped right into his living room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's get to hockey here, okay? Episode 65, of course, means this is the Eric Carlson episode, so... Just on principle alone, Craig Morgan is doing this podcast under protest. Mm. As I said earlier, we're going on the offensive, and we won't defend anything we say. <laughs> That's our tagline <laughs> for this one. Jamie's typing it up right now. All right, well, this is already a strange... He just mimed typing while typing. <laughs> yeah. I see that. Like he's actually that typing. <laughs> or he's a dinosaur trying to type. I can't figure it out. Cartoon dinosaur. Would it, would you, by the way, mimes versus clowns. On the continuum. I mean, clowns are the, the worst, so mimes are just close. Close, but not quite. I, I don't get the so appeal the of mimes. clowns are the extreme of whatever this continuum is yeah. calling. Is there anything on the other what, end of that continuum? What is that continuum, continuum called? Uh, the, I don't know. The circus continuum? Mm, I don't know. Yeah, well, circus, mm-hmm. is, we're, we're, that's a start. The continuum of uncomfortableness? That's what makeup. Yeah. Okay. And comedy, or attempted comedy. or Yeah, attempted comedy. It's terrifying. How's that? Yeah. Okay. Mimes are just silent mimes, clowns. Mimes yeah. to the left of clowns, though. Yeah. Got it. I'm glad we established that early yeah. in the show for anybody that's still I, listening. I don't, I don't get the appeal of mimes either. Yeah. Like, best case scenario, what's entertaining about mimes? Um, I mean, best case scenario is if they're annoying you, you can just turn away and they can't say anything. That's a good point. What about mimes that trade away franchise centers? How do you feel about uh, that? No, not a big fan of that. <laughs> not a good Okay. Shirelli and Mimes. Shirelli and Mimes. Now we have a name for the this week's uh, podcast. <laughs> All right. right. It's a weird show, so let's talk about the eventual Stanley Cup between the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Minnesota Wild, because that's where we're headed, right? Yeah. Jackets, 12 straight wins. Wild, 10 straight wins. Which that's... one of these two teams do you believe in more? <sighs> Boy, that's a good question. Wow. That's a good question. I knew we kept you around for some reason. Yeah. That was that one question. I'm going to go with Minnesota because this is a team that's kind of been gradually getting better. I believe in their goaltending more. I believe in their coach. And I kind of like how they're getting depth scoring. I also think they – Seriously. 
I also think they have a much easier path. Well, yeah, okay. But, I mean, if they played in the cup, which we all agree is not going to happen. It's not happening. The league will lock itself out prior to that happening. (laughs) Uh, Boy, I don't know. You know, watching the Jackets, I I haven't seen the Wild live yet this season. They don't come until, like, the last game of the regular season for the Coyotes sometime in late March. But Columbus... Columbus just comes at you in waves. They're an impressive team. We had Verbata on two weeks ago, and he said that was one uh, of the who? two toughest teams. Oh, Verbata. Verbata. Thank you. He said that was one of the two most difficult yeah. teams that they've played, and, and they've played Chicago and a lot of the top teams this year. So it's You're right. I mean, you're, you're right, Luke. They haven't sustained this. Minnesota has had some previous success, although not a lot. Not, not a lot. They did, it's not like they advanced really far in the playoffs, but – they, the, the thing they have is they have a defensive structure in place, and now it's like they're, they're almost branching out from this, and Bruce Boutreau is teaching them how to <laughs> score in games and, and win with offense. And it, it's pretty terrifying, actually, to think of what they might be able to do because they are so disciplined defensively, and, and Devin Dubnik is having a Vezina Trophy season. He is. I mean, Bobrovsky's having a great year as well. For some reason, I, I feel like I trust – this is going to sound really weird to say. I feel like Columbus is, is the better team. But I'm, I'm with Jamie, which is also weird to say. She's playing both sides of the fence here. Well, just, I mean, if you're asking me which one has an easier path to get deeper into the playoffs, it's possible Columbus would have to go through, like, Pittsburgh and then Washington and then Tampa or Montreal. They own Montreal this year. Whereas Minnesota... They have to go through your uh, your Stanley Cup champion Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah. They're not beating the Blackhawks. They're not beating the Blackhawks. But maybe they get the Blackhawks in round two and Columbus gets Pittsburgh in round one. I don't know. I, it's They play each other on December 31st. So what better way to ring in the new year than by watching Minnesota-Columbus? Yeah. And, uh, you know, what's interesting to me is if you look at the, the goals for in the Western Conference, Minnesota is second. They have three fewer goals than Edmonton this season in three fewer games. I mean, it, it's remarkable how much they're scoring. They're below 1.94 goals against. It's impressive. Yeah, I mean they, they've you know they've allowed they've scored as many goals as the Blackhawks in three less games and have allowed twenty fewer, twenty. That is absurd. Here's the other thing that's absurd: you've got a team on a twelve-game winning streak, a team on a ten-game winning streak. There's the longest losing streak in hockey right now is four games. This doesn't add up. I, well, I because nobody like, loses anymore. No, they really don't. Like if, if you go back like two weeks, we had Minnesota was on like a six-game winning streak or whatever, five-game, and Columbus on six-game. But Philadelphia was on a ten, and Pittsburgh was on a seven. And there's all these teams on lengthy winning streaks, and then there's like well, like the Anaheim Ducks have yeah, well, a losing they record, list, and they're in a playoff they spot. They listed as OT. You know, when a team loses in OT, that, that, it's it's the NHL standings yeah. again, right? The Ducks have a lo- have lost more games than they've won this year, and they're in a playoff spot. Yeah, I mean it's. That's N- nobody loses weird. anymore. That's it, 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 and I was talking to Mike Heike from the Morning News about the Stars today for a story I'm writing, and it, you know he's saying it's a, it's remarkable that they're sitting where they're sitting at 14, 14, and seven, and everybody looks at that. Oh my God, they're at 500 still. They can lo- They're seven games below 500. They've lost 60 percent of their seven games. Seven games below 500. That's the truth of it. They have a f- technically a 400 winning percentage. Yeah. Yeah, but they're. They're right on the outside of the playoffs looking in. I mean, 500 says a lot about the Western Conference. Yeah, it does. It it really does. Although, as as we record this, it would still only be three teams from the Central that made the playoffs. How did the West turn to such trash so quickly? It's because of the Metro Division and the fact that those top five teams are just rolling everybody. I mean, even Carolina hasn't been bad this year, and they have no shot at making the playoffs. Like, isn't Carolina basically doing what we all kind of thought they would do? They're kind of being 
a surprise team. They've taken a step up from where they were last year, and they have no chance. Yeah, because, yeah, you're right. They're seven because points they're back of the Capitals. Quote, unquote, four games over 500. And that's ah, just yes. not enough anymore. Anything else to say about Minnesota and Columbus? I just, do you want to see this? Do you want to see this cup final? If this were to materialize, would you want to see it? No. Uh, look, you wouldn't? Okay. That, that's a tough question because aesthetically, not the sexiest matchup, but for those markets themselves and when you're trying to build there, I think it would be excellent. I think both, from a pure hockey standpoint, it would be a fun series to watch. Yeah, Columbus For a rating standpoint, it's a train wreck. Craig just hit it, though. Columbus is fun to watch. They are. Yeah. Minnesota is not fun to watch. They're more fun more to watch fun. than they have been. They're more fun, yeah. Okay. I, that I means nothing. But, but, <laughs> they yeah, used yeah. to be the most boring team in the world. Now they're – they are. I will give you that. They're more, more fun, fun than they were before. And I do think it would be a great story if at the end of the year we're looking back and saying, Minnesota, where hockey is, is sport State one, two, three. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the most important sport there all the way down to high school. High school is basically treated like – Pro hockey is in some other places. It would be a great story for the Wild to win the Cup. I'm just not sure I necessarily would want to watch it if that was my choice. I just I think Columbus is more exciting. I know you want your Pittsburgh, Chicago. I get it. No, I don't want Chicago. I, I just look at all the other teams in the West. All the other teams in the West that are in contention to me play a more exciting brand of hockey than Minnesota. St. Louis. Yeah, I think St. Louis is more exciting just because they have Tarasenko. They have Tarasenko. It's not a knock on Minnesota, and I, I hate the argument that, like, well, that would be terrible for the league because of ratings. Like, I, I think it would be good for the league if Minnesota finally won a cup. It's amazing to me that they never have, not just be. the Wild or yeah. the North Stars, though, either. Championships in the last 20 years for Minneapolis-St. Paul. Zero. Championship appearances in the last 20 years for Minneapolis-St. Paul. I believe zero. I read your article. Yeah. Craig likes to write about Minneapolis-St. Paul. I don't yeah. like to read. Yeah. I, they're the least successful of the four market or the four sport markets. Yeah. That that's and I'm Arizona's pretty close. Wrong here. Yeah, <laughs> to bring that up. I'm not wrong here, right? The the North Stars never won the Stanley Cup. Nope. Okay. Nope. That not, that's something until that became the South Stars. Fixed. Thank you. And then they won the Stanley Cup. They did the eliminate Rangers. the Blackhawks from the Blackhawks won the President's Trophy, but that was the last not, not that you hold a grudge or it's it's uh, faded from memory now. It's oh, no yeah. longer important. Uh, I'm sure. All those Stanley Cup rings in your yes. ears. Yes. <sighs> All right. Can we move on from these two? Yep. Sure. But how is, hold on, how is Columbus doing this? It's just, it is, there's not a lot of weaknesses on this team. A lot of their young players have matured at the same time, which is partially skill, but partially luck, where they all come together at the same time and play really well. Uh, They're just relentless. And when when Bobrovsky's been on his game, and he has been very up and down in the last several years, you know, of his career, you put that together with a team that's all clicking offensively, that's, that's tough to beat. Do you think uh, they can sustain this beyond this year? Like, is this? Are we basically witnessing the arrival of Columbus as a perennial playoff team? I mean, they're going to lose one of their big forwards just because of the way the expansion draft is going to work. But I, I do, I do think that this is more than a one-year thing. Okay. I, 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 they're not the favorite to win the cup in my mind this year or next year. But I don't think. Yeah, but I don't think this is a team that's going <laughs> to go back to what it was last year, record-wise. Okay, I mean that's the extreme, but. Or even close to that. Like I, I think this is a team that we're going to be talking about as a playoff contender for a few years now, barring something unforeseen. Because, I mean, I've said this on the show in the past, they built their team a little differently than some of these other teams on the rise. Right, and, and this yeah. is, you'd like to see a team like this be able to succeed yeah. and, and because you like to believe that you don't need that huge piece in the middle to win a cup. It'd be cool to see a team with good centers 
win a cup. Well, even yeah. just you don't have to get the first pick in the draft yeah. to win the cup. Yeah, yeah. and as I mentioned this in the show prior. If they had did this last year, I think it would have been much more believable to people, which I think it makes it a little bit more logical progression. This is just coming a year later than everybody thought it was going to be. Yeah, I think that's fair, although now a 12-game winning streak is, is just absurd no matter well, yeah, it's absurd for any who team. you are and, and when you're doing it. But Interestingly, they're still a middling possession team. I wouldn't have guessed that, actually without looking at the numbers, because when I watch them, it just seems like they generate so many chances. Have we, has anyone broken that down to see what it is like when they're – I mean, I know you don't want to parse sample sizes too much, but they're, they're coursey close. Because they're getting up three, four, five goals on teams, and then as you – I mean, the score effects do yeah, take effect there. Part of it. I haven't looked that closely at it. I can tell you that they – Was that pun intended? Have Yes, it was. Any pun I accidentally make is intended. How's that? Accidentally intentional. Uh, the Blue Jackets have the best record in hockey. They also have games in hand on most teams. Like yeah. If you're just looking in the Metro, they still have three games in hand on Pittsburgh and four in hand on the Rangers. They have four in hand on Chicago in terms of the best record in hockey. It's, it's, it's quite the story. It's, I think it's one of the best stories of the first half of this season. I, it, it's not taking anything away from Minnesota either. I just, I've seen them in the playoffs before, and I've seen Bruce Boudreau in the playoffs before, and they, to me, are the poster child for the team that convinces everybody, hey, you know what? This is Minnesota's year, and they go out to the Blackhawks in six games in round one. Yeah, no, they, they, would go out, they, they would go out in seven games. Luke. Yes, they'll lose game seven. Okay, well, but I was just averaging because usually Minnesota goes out to the Blackhawks in five. Seriously, though, these were, these were we, we would have agreed at the start of the year that these were the two best divisions in hockey, right? Yes. And these two teams would have probably been fourth or fifth on our list of contenders in each of these divisions when we started the season. Yeah, I would say that's fair. It's crazy. It's a great story. It has been. Uh, over in the Metro 2, Mike Sullivan, three-year extension with the Pittsburgh Penguins. The stat on him, and I want to make sure I have it right, and maybe you guys have already seen this. He took over last year, what, mid-December? And there's all the, the numbers where I, Crosby is averaging over a point per game since he took over. And remember, people were saying Crosby was done at age 28 last <laughs> year. Uh, Malkin, I believe, is third in the league, and Crystal Tang is sixth in the league in points since Sullivan took over. But the stat that really stands out to me, they lost their first four when he took over last season. Since then, they've gone 85 straight games without losing back-to-back games in regulation. And if you count the playoffs, it's 109. That's insane. I can't remember a coach stepping in, and I could totally be forgetting somebody. So if I am, throw their name at me. But a coach stepping in and instantly turning a team around like that, just unlocking whatever was wrong with and uh, you have Dan to, Bilesma. Yeah, but they weren't same team, same almost exact same team, same situation. They weren't as dominant though when he took over. True, but he took over much later in the season, didn't he? He did, and they weren't terrible when he took over. That was kind of a weird situation. Where By the way, in year, no other sport can you do this. No. I guess maybe NBA, but there's like no other sport where you change your coach that late in the season and your team gets better that season. Like I. No. Can you imagine that scenario in, in, as a college football coach or an NFL coach? Or Absolutely not in the NFL. Right? No. Where they got better? Where they, they change yeah. the coach and get better that immediately that season. And there's not like a transition period. It's, it's a weird story. By the way, to follow up earlier, uh, with the score close, Columbus is seventh in the league in possession. Okay. All right. So I, I, think, I think part of that is they're just getting up so big on teams that, again, they're human beings. Right. You're up 5 nothing. How hard are you really pushing in that could third the, period? Could the New York Jets possibly get better with a coaching change? I don't think they can get any worse. It's, it's tough. Well, I think Jamie was implying get better to the point where you're good. I mean, you can always get a little bit better, but to actually be good. Wow. It, Co- 
hospitals. It should have stayed in the hospital. Back, back to Columbus real quick, though. If you look at what they've done to good teams this year, 10-0 over Montreal, 7-1 over Pittsburgh, 8-4 to St. Louis, 6-2 to the Islanders. I just wanted to throw that in there as the... As a good team. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it's, just, it's ridiculous to see a team go over six goals that many times in the first third of the season, basically. It's not like we're looking back at the end of the year, and here's their three high-scoring games. Cam freaking Atkinson. Where's this coming yeah. from? Well, I mean, Atkinson shot the puck a million times over the last three years. It's about time a few more went in. But, I mean, it's I, – I, they're burying teams, and that's what they need to do. And you wonder how much of the way last season started is motivating them where, you know, they, they're not jaded enough to, to think to, – to buy into their own hype yet. I mean, I think a lot of teams should be worried about that. Considering the way what most of this roster started, I think they remember very clearly how that season went. Yeah, that's a great point. Most of this team was there last year and had to go through that, with the exception of Seth Jones and Zach Wierenski. Pretty much everybody here was, was playing last year yeah. for Columbus when they were struggling at the start of the year. Also, you can bring up Cam Atkinson if you want as the, the, the really strange story. I kind of expect him to be decent. Where did Sam Gagne come from with 14 goals? Well, it's such a crazy role, right? He's playing fourth line, but he's playing on the power play. It's, it's a, an interesting way of using him, and it's been effective so far. Yeah. It allows him to use his skill, which he has, but he's, he's never been a guy who, who's going to perform well against other teams' top talent. No, he's or sustain it. I mean, we've seen stretches, I mean, beyond the, obviously the eight-point game, but there, he's got a ton of talent. It just he never got over the hump. About, about half of his points are on the power play. He brings up that eight-point game every week. Are you okay with that? <sighs> I'm okay with it now, as just like I'm okay uh, with, you know. The Stanley the, Cup seal everything. John Casey and the Minnesota North Stars taking out the Blackhawks. I wasn't okay at that time. But you, you've moved. You've grown as a person. Is what I, you've done. I have grown as a person because of the three cups. Otherwise, <laughs> I never would have progressed. Uh, and also, I mean, they're doing this without Boone Jenner contributing much. What does he have, six goals this year? Yeah. yeah, it was 30 goals last year. Everyone yeah. thought, okay, here we go. Here's the next time, and he's got six. That's scary. I mean, he could Tucky pick it up. Whiskey. Boom, <laughs> I'll just leave that out That's there. all I can think of when I hear his name. <laughs> How about Sounds s- like Kentucky whiskey. The simple fact that Sam Gagne is thriving on a team coached by John Tortorella. That there's there's so many fun angles story. to Columbus. See, yeah. that, and that's the thing. That's another reason. That I think about it as a, a reporter. I'd love to cover this series because Columbus is fascinating. They're a fascinating team. There's so many stories there. I think it would be cool. Plus I, I would re- watch it. Yeah, and you can reunite with your favorite player, Brandon Saad. He's not over that one yet. No, I, I'm, I'm, he's staring a hole right through yeah, me right he now. He really is. I, <laughs> I'm melting. We're here on Boxing Day, and Jamie's just <laughs> instigating Craig. Well, By the way, I have to give it up to everybody in this office. It really is December 26th, and this place is packed. I think this is the only business that's actually working today. It pretty Jamie much didn't is. give him the day off. That's why. Yeah. yeah. Just saying. Holidays don't mean anything anymore. Ebenezer Scrooge. (laughs) All right. Uh, Moving on to... Finally. I know. About time. You guys brought this up. You tried to make this transition like seven minutes ago, by the way. I have tried to. Well, we talked about Mike Sullivan. You want to talk about Austin Matthews? I know this is your favorite topic, Austin Matthews coming home. He's a good story. He's a good hockey player. Yeah. He's he's a swell hockey player. I think he's the only player in the league that wears the double-breasted suit. Huh. We'd have to explore that a little more. That seems like I'm a Craigslist. I'm thinking that Brent Burns might have one in his closet. Ooh, that's yeah. probably true. Yeah, so. I don't want to dig deep in Brent Burns' closet. No, I don't know. <laughs> he might actually find a live bear in there. <laughs> he's, he's waiting to pull that. Out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, what, what, all I all I will say, the column that I wrote most recently, is I, I think the guy has lived up to his hype. Mm-hmm. 
And I think that's one of the toughest things to do in yes. sports. As I noted, I mean, for not only are you carrying the weight of this hockey market, which just so desperately wants to be taken seriously, right? Yes. Yeah. Arizona hockey market, it's fair to say that. You're carrying the weight of the Toronto hockey market, which is and the being, biggest hockey market in the world, and there's so much pressure there. And, and, and being the no, the no, the no number, number one pick for a year. You're yeah. supposed to be a franchise center. Plus, Anything less will be a disappointment. No big deal. Plus, you spurn juniors in the U.S. Development League to go overseas. and love that path. Uh, I do too, but if it if he failed, you know that that oh. would be throw back up at right. him. Oh, oh well, you should have played here. You would have learned so how to more. you would have learned how to play the game the right way. Tweeted out pictures of his stats every day with his, his three assists on the year. Or something. I, By the way, more players want, should do that. Hey, I wonder if more players will consider well, it now. I, I I do wonder that. I mean, you I mean, have you, to be at a certain level. Yeah, to Austin Matthews is a special but talent. That's one of the biggest. I think that's why he hit the ground running. You're playing against bigger. I mean, they may, they may not be as skilled necessarily as the top, top players in junior, but you're playing against guys that are six, seven, eight years older than you, bigger, more physically developed. They're, t- they're teaching you parts about the game. I mean, I think that's a much better – if you can pull it off, that's a much better You have path. to be able to pull it off, though. But I will agree w- with the notion that if, if we're going to just be stuck with the same sort of stupid rule where you are old enough to play in the NHL or in an adult league overseas, but for some reason you're not old enough to play in the AHL – then, yeah, at a certain point, why wouldn't players just go over there? and? I, yeah. if, why wouldn't agents recommend it to their Absolutely. players? Absolutely. Hey, we are tired of this ridiculous hold, stranglehold they have yeah. on players. No. Go, don't play go make some, Yeah, go Skip make some juniors. money. Go make some money. Go through USA Hockey. Yeah. Go, go play abroad, and then yeah, when you're ready, go yeah. to the NHL. Yeah, if you don't want to go to college, you don't want to go that particular route, go, go make some money overseas. Now, it's, it's, it's a tougher sell for Canadian kids, right, who yeah. grow up with this ingrained in their culture. Oh, yeah. So, you're still going to have a huge percentage. But for American players, and, and clearly well, European players are an entirely different breed yeah. anyway. But you uh, see a little bit with, with some of the uh, uh, prospective NBA players where they say, you know what, no, I'm not going to spend uh, the year going to college pretending like I'm going to go to school for a semester because they really don't. I'll go overseas. I'll go to China. I'll go make six figures for a year, and then I'll come back into the draft. The, the two things that have stood out to me about Austin Matthews more than anything so far is the simple fact, like Craig just said, he's he has – met the hype so far like he's lived up to it and we're halfway through the first season so far he's done it with all the sort of mitigating factors you just pointed out of sort of carrying the torch for this entire market in the most pressure-packed market and it doesn't seem to phase him but the other thing I guess kind of builds off that the simple fact that he rises to the occasion anytime there is an occasion and I know there hasn't been a lot yet it's not like he's been to the playoffs but if you think about it his first game at home he gets an assist within what, three or four minutes, and he makes the play, a great play to keep the puck on side. His first game against the Coyotes, he scores the first goal. His first ever game, he scores four goals. So he, he's definitely shown so far to be one of those players that the moment's not going to get too big for him. And those are rare. Those are mm-hmm. so rare, guys who can rise in those moments. That's a really good sign for that. Especially process. at that age. I mean, what he and McDavid have been able to do since they came in the league is quite remarkable because the expectation level was almost at a level where it couldn't be reached, and they have both reached them. It's remarkable. I mean, how many how many times do we talk about, you know, the I mean, we're still waiting on number one and number two picks to really make their mark. We're still, you know, we talk all the time. Well, but it, Nugent Hopkins is he truly did he live up to that? Yakupov didn't live up to no, that. No, they haven't. You know, it's it's so difficult to live up to that spot. And McDavid for multiple years, and Austin Matthews for about a year and a half leading up to it. Everybody knowing you're going to be the guy. Right. That's really tough. Yeah, I think we've done this on the show before. Where if you look back at the number one overall picks since about 2000, 
for the most part, they're all very successful NHL players. Although the examples Jamie just gave, I mean, Neil Yakupov is probably one of the closest to a bust you're going to find. And to be fair to him, that was a considered a weak top of the draft class. It was. Uh, of uh, The weakest, I think, of the last 10 years at the very top. But generally speaking, if you're the number one overall pick in the NHL draft, you're picking up a lot of pressure because people are looking at the guys that were number one overall in years before you. And for the most part, you're living up to it. But Matthews and McDavid to me, we're facing more hype and have exceeded what guys in the past have done. I mean, we're to the point now where, I don't know, would you rather have McDavid or Stephen Stamkos? You'd rather have McDavid. Good list of names. I'm going back, I just called up the list while you were, while the two of you were filling the podcast. Thank you. We're filling air. Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid, Aaron Ekblad, Nathan McKinnon, Neil Yagbub, there's your, and Ryan Nugent Hopkins. But, you know, anytime Edmonton picks, it's going to be a problem. Yeah. So at, at that point, they've Taylor Hall so now with another team. But still good, though. Still good. Yeah. John, Jonathan, John Tavares, Steven Stamkos, Patrick Kane, Eric Johnson. Yeah. Johnson's the, the other one you can really point to, but he's still a successful NHL player. Yeah, he's the one that, again, he's never going to live up to number one pick, but he's been in the league a long time. Yeah, just going all the way back to 2000. Sidney Crosby, Alex Ovechkin, oh. Marc-Andre Fleury, yeah. Rick Nash, Ilya Kovalchuk, and Rick DiPietro. And that's, uh, that's basically no. the line. When you start at Rick DiPietro, start with the following year, and pretty much every one of those right. guys has been. Since, yeah. yeah, that's how you qualify it. Since Rick DiPietro, pretty much. Up. Everybody's <laughs> been good. Yeah. Who's been the biggest bust? Has it been Yakupov? Now no, that you read really? that list, obviously. It's probably Yakupov, but he also had the lowest expectations, I think, of yeah. the group. But if we dig deeper in that draft, there were some good players taken after him. Yeah. As it turns out. So, anyway, Austin Matthews. I know you guys are going to miss not being able to talk about the Austin Matthews returns back to uh, Arizona story that you were both hyping up so much last week. Yeah. You know what I'm going to miss is talking about, mm. you know, how he played youth hockey here. He did. Yeah. And how that shaped him. And uh, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to start on this. Don't, don't. Not, it's the holidays. Ask about Matthew Kachuk. <laughs> Matthew Yes. That's right. Arizona product, Matthew Kachuk. You're going to start not being cynical now? Yeah, just, just for a week. I was gonna, so this is your resolution for the end say, of 2016? Say, I'll, I'll rev it up again next week. Not for 2017, okay. Yeah. It's New Year's resolution. This is the last podcast of 2016. You guys uh, have any? Apparently the yeah. last one Jamie's going to take part in for a while. For a while, yeah. <laughs> His New Year's resolution is to miss no, as many podcasts as possible. participation when he's here, right? So That's true. That's true, yeah. Basically, I didn't, I'll... Didn't want to say anything, but are we really going to miss him? I'm going to go have dinner with Stephen Stamkos in Tampa. <laughs> See if you can get him on the show. All right. Shane Doan. Same game as Austin Matthews. Yeah. Picks up his 400th goal. And we're talking about a guy with a flair for the uh, dramatic. 1500th NHL game, 400th goal. I thought it was a cool scene having him and Austin Matthews actually take the opening faceoff, not like a ceremonial faceoff. I thought it was especially impressive that Mike Babcock went the extra step to have Matthews out there. Because for whatever reason, Austin Matthews is still technically listed as their third-line center. So it's not like he was guaranteed to start. But yeah. he made sure he was out there for it. I, don't know, I told Craig this the, the night of the game. It was interesting to me that a guy like Mike Babcock, who has coached a billion games in this league, who coaches in the, the whether you want to say it's the self-proclaimed or not, center of the hockey universe in Toronto, and he's got all his own issues to worry about with the Maple Leafs, that it's not lost on him how much Austin Matthews means to this market here to the point where he would put him out there to take the opening face-off against Shane Doe. Yeah, and he embraced it. That's a, I, I don't think you weren't there that morning for the – Availability when Babcock talked. There were so many people I can't even remember. I was preparing for this show. Okay. Oh wow. Yeah. I wasn't. 
good. I wasn't going to say anything, but, but he that's really obvious. embraced it. It was it was cool to listen to because yeah, you 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 get used to these quotes from Babcock where okay, we're just focusing on the game, we're not going to worry about any of that. But he 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 said it's a big story for us too. Here's a kid who's a big part of our team and has a chance to be a big part of our franchise and is a special kid, and the guys like him, and he plays hard for us. We want him to walk out of here proud. That's a great quote. And he told him, he said, go ahead, embrace it, enjoy it. Why wouldn't you enjoy that moment? It's refreshing to see that sort of yeah. just common sense and just sort of human moment from a coach. You wouldn't expect it necessarily to come from Mike Babcock, but as we're establishing, this is the bizarro year in the NHL when John Tortorella's teams score thousands of goals and win 12 in a row. And I'm sure uh, Peter Holland and Frank Corrado were like, wait a minute. Yeah, we should give the update. Frank Corrado did not play that night. Okay. Shocking. Or any night ever. So Mike Bab- Babcock still isn't the warm, cuddly guy we thought he was. Yeah. No. Just for one day. Maybe he's waiting for the, just the right time to play Frank Corrado. But most likely not. Anyway, Shane Doan, 400th goal. <laughs> were you shocked at all? We were talking before the game downstairs. There's no way Doan doesn't score tonight, right? This is exactly when he's going to score. Exactly. When we have so much else to write about tonight, he's going to – I was sitting next to Jerry Brown from NHL.com, and as soon as Doan scored, it was, was under a minute in the second period, right? Yeah. He buries that puck. Jerry looks at me and goes, there goes your night. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I enjoyed it because I didn't have to write anything. But it's I classic. It is. Flair yeah. for the he, does, he does have a flair for the dramatic in these big moments, and it was great to see. At the same time, I know it's been a really frustrating year for him, and I, I don't know what you guys are seeing. I, I can't help but wonder if this is the end of the line for Shane Doan. It's, it's, been, a, it a, it's been a difficult season on him emotionally as much as it has you know, with his performance on the ice. It's, you know, they're not having success. It's another year where they're not going to make the playoffs. I'm not sure how close they are to making the playoffs. So yeah. how long does he have to commit? Do they even want him around past this season anymore? Let's let's be blunt on that too. Yeah, I mean, pushing this youth movement. It, it's so tough because you know he did play well for big stretches of last season, and you know he's not again on a game to game basis has not played incredibly well this year, and you know he he's mentioned it as well. But I think maybe even the bigger factor than that is they don't. Even if they're still rebuilding, it looks at least on ice like they've taken a. Maybe may minor, maybe a big step back, and I'm not sure Shane Doan's going to want to commit because I don't. I don't get the sense from him that he's going to do what some other players have done, like in the NFL, I mean, like Andre Johnson, for example. And again, and it's not to crush him; he's a great guy that like buys toys for kids for Christmas. But he listens to our podcast every week too. But where you know he tried to make a comeback, and then about three, four weeks in the season goes, eh, can't do it. I'm out. I don't see Shane Doan doing that. I think he's going to. Talk about another guy in town that Larry Fitzgerald might have to make that same call of, do I really want to commit to a, another full year of this? Yes, $11 million. Well, Shane will not be getting $11 million. So that's a big Shane has no contract. That, this is coming back. That was actually Craig's demand for if he's going to do episode 66 next week. $11 million. <laughs> Yeah. I just, you know, his role has decreased. You can see that. His ice time is down. So I'm, I know he's frustrated about that, too. What, what player wouldn't be, right? Especially somebody who's been around and accomplished yeah. what he's accomplished. And I know there's still this chatter out there that maybe because of this situation, he'll get so frustrated that he will accept a trade. And I mean, he, he even said it the other day, you never say never. I still don't see it happening. I, I, I think that's frustration as much as anything when Shane's talking. Because if he goes to another team, what's his role going to look like with that team? It's not like somebody's plugging him yeah. into their top six. It, it's not, contender. yeah, his that's role's not, not going to change. Your role, yeah, your role isn't going to change going to another team. And I... I think it is 
you know, less emotional moments, he probably realizes that, and he also realizes the legacy that he has here. You can't, you can't just take that. You're not going to walk into someone's locker room, even though the players know who Shane Doan is. Yeah, he's not going to have nearly the impact on that locker room that he has on. Not this in the sport. middle of a season. Yeah, either. I mean, there, there's a, the season, a transition. Right? Yeah, yeah no, exactly. No, no, and not if he's not going to be highly productive right away. See, the thing is, I, I still think I, I'm not. I'm not even going to try and like specify any individual team, but I think if if Shane, I think if the Coyotes were winning right now, if they were a team that is number two in the Pacific or something, they were a winning team. I think Shane Doan can be productive on a winning team, but he's just in a spot right now where he's got a lot of guys around him that skate really fast, and that's not that's never been him. But he's got a lot of guys that skate really fast, so it's making him look slower. And also, those guys aren't always skating where they should be skating anyway. So if you plugged him on some veteran team that was challenging for a cup this year. I think he's still useful. And in that regard, I think if the Coyotes were winning this year, I think this would be a completely different narrative. I don't think we'd be looking at Shane Doan and saying, well, he's just done. He's just it's – a, it's a weird situation, but I also sure. think it's a situation he probably expected when he came back. Yeah, to an extent. I, you know, I, I, I always wonder how much players buy into the talk in the offseason of the team saying it wants to compete for a playoff spot and – we're injecting all these young, exciting players. Okay, you, you look at what happened last year with Domi and Duclair, and you say, okay, yeah, if we get a little bit more, maybe we'll be even better. But you look at the forwards they plugged in this year, no. nobody's made that kind well, of impact. I don't, think he, I don't think he signed up for another year ex- just flat out expecting to miss the playoffs. I just think he, I'm sure he expected there would be growing pains, but you're right. You don't anticipate Max Domi getting hurt and missing a month or two or whatever it's going to be. And you don't anticipate Anthony Duclair, who looked like their best scorer in years at times last year, having one goal 34 games into the year. And nobody could have anticipated that. Like I said, the rookie forwards that they plugged in the lineup, there have been some decent contributions, but nothing close to what Anthony Duclair did last year. And unfortunately, the rookie forwards that are making those contributions are making them in the bottom six. They're they're, they're filling those roles that they should, but they're not being the impact top six forwards that – I think they hope they would be. And, you know, it's one thing to miss the playoffs. It's one thing to not quite make there. It's, it's another thing to be unexciting, uninteresting, and feeling almost, like, hopeless for this season. Yeah, like, wh- again, wh- where do you look to and say, okay, no, this will get better once this changes? I don't see it you this can't, year. Especially when you're, you're looking at the issues that they have at the center position. Yeah. They're still there. I mean, Peter Holland, fine. That, that, that's, a, that's a desperate move. Yeah. When you go out and claim Peter Holland, that means you're, you're center positions in bad can, shape. You can, you can find your fourth-line guys anywhere. Like, you can. The, the, I, I'm glad that those like, Peter Holland is doing good, you know, playing fairly well. I'm glad Lawson Krause is playing yeah. fairly well. And he, he has more upside as a former first-rounder, but those guys are a dime a dozen. You see those guys sign one-year, $1 million contracts every single season. You don't, don't need know, to fill out Krause's. your bottom sick. I think Krause he might be a little legitimately. I mean, Peter Holland's here to fill Brad Richardson's position. Spot. That's, that's fine. That's, that's what's going on. And he's on. doing but, it. But again, you went into the season banking so much on what Dylan Strom and Christian Dvorak were going to give you that Brad Richardson suddenly became yeah. – an indispensable Vital. piece of your lineup. But then and that's, you can't be in that situation. The counterpoint to that, though, is you have to be able to point to somebody that was available in the offseason and say, oh, they should have gone out and signed so-and-so. If the or guys you, aren't there, the guys aren't there. Or, or you should have made a trade, maybe. But, uh, yeah, again. But that's or, easier said or, than done. Or you can simply understand that this is really year one of the rebuild. Yeah. And they probably knew 
deep down that this was going to happen. They, they knew they were going to be in this situation. You have to talk playoffs with yeah. your fan base as a market. You have to. From the marketing standpoint. Well, and you, you can. I mean, we've seen teams in this position make the playoffs, too. I don't think it was just a complete fabrication. Well, I, I, and I don't think this season is the issue. This season's not the issue. The issue is, is, is Strom going to take another step forward? Is Dvorak going to take another step forward as the season goes on? And, you know, I know Tippett said game after game after game that he, he's seeing improvement in Dvorak's game. I don't, I don't see it. Well, he's still – he's young. Years old. I mean, yes. I would, you know, if, if you're looking for him to be a top six center, I, I think you and I both agree he's probably yeah. not. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, don't, I, mean, I don't see that transformation coming. I yeah. think he can be a good player. I think he can be a third-line center. Yeah. I think that's Christian Dvorak's upside. But, I mean, you've got the McKinnises of the world. You've got the Dauphins of the world. The, I mean, at some point, you need yeah. an impact top six forward. Of, yeah, they have bottom six that, centers. Yeah, and it's not that necessarily the player is bad. but well, You still need those guys. You yeah. Absolutely, yeah. I'm not trying to say Dvorak's not a good player. I'm saying what they need him to be soon-ish, not this season, but in the next few seasons, at least a second-line caliber right. center. Where are the guys with the offensive impact on the game, consistent offensive impact on one, the game? One of them's not scoring in one third. I mean, I, no, I, but the they, and let's about. be real, they were bad before that happened, too. Well, yeah, but you're saying they're not exciting to watch. If Domi and Duclair are going, this is a more exciting team than a lot of the teams towards the bottom. Yeah, of but standings. I meant exciting, like, if, if this was, again, if it was like last year and Dvorak and Strom were making Domi Duclair like impacts last year, even if they were five points out of a playoff spot. There's a little bit more excitement, there's more hype around the team, there's more, there's more feeling, not only for this season, but going forward. Being stuck in this spot where, yes, Domi's hurt, but Duclair's not performing. You're not getting the offensive, top offensive impact from those rookies. You start to, it's, it's a little draining. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I can't argue the fact that they would be more exciting if Dylan Strom had 15 goals right now. I, I'm completely with you on that. Um, Dvorak, I mean, he's, I don't know. It's, it's difficult to gauge rookies in the NHL when you see Austin Matthews step in and do what he's doing or Connor McDavid step in and do what he's doing. But, it's not going to shock me if Christian Dvorak a year or two from now is a 20-goal scorer. That's not going to, to stun me because he hasn't scored a ton of goals in his first 30 NHL yeah, games. It's incredibly early, too, so we don't know. But it, you start to, as you see, the, particularly the center position, you see Stroms, you see Dvoraks come up. There was the idea of what those players could be, and now as it slow, the picture sto- slowly, slowly, slowly starts to get more clear, you start to wonder how far is the actual away from what the idea was. Right. And there's very little margin for error at that position to be wrong. Shouldn't but, you see flashes? But isn't, Shouldn't you have seen flashes from one of those two guys? Isn't if that they more had on this Strom, though? Sure. Did you guys really expect Dvorak? No, I mean, second round pick. So, yeah. It's almost like this, whoa, we, look at this find. It, it, is more, it is more on Strom. Absolutely. But isn't the reality easy? is that they needed yeah. one of those. I mean, we were talking all training camp. What if both these guys make the roster? Now we're talking, can one of these guys be a, a top six center? Well, he is, and he is 19. Yeah, he, he's... He's got to develop. He, he clearly has to get physically stronger. So we'll see what sort of yeah. impact that has on his game. But, I, again, I go back to I didn't see flashes. I, I was unimpressed with Dylan Stroman training camp. I haven't seen the flashes and from him offensively that make me think, okay, with some development, he could be a top-line center. I haven't seen that. I could be wrong. And that's a number three pick. He, he, he's in a different category than Dvorak because he's a number three pick. You expect that player to make at least flashes of impact fairly quickly. But see, I don't. I've I've never thought his game is something where you're going to watch him in training camp and be like, oh, he looks great in training camp. Well, I think I'm it's not looking be... for him to skate up and down the. He clearly he's not going to skate up and the down the ice and do things that way. But I want to see examples of his incredible vision or his incredible stick skills. I just didn't see that. 
I didn't yeah. get excited about his game. But again, I could be I'm, I'm still way early. Reserving way judgment early. on Strom. But how, how much longer do you give him? Is it two years? If 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 this hasn't happened in two years? If he's not contributing for this team by the end of next season, I will and contributing is not forty goals. Contributing no. is this is a guy that's a legit right. Even if he's a number two center, I'm fine with that. I get what you're saying. He was the third overall pick. You want him to be a number one center, but Maybe he just isn't. He's yeah. not a waste of a pick if he's the number two center. No, and I'm not saying that. And that but what I'm saying is they still need a number one center, and I haven't seen proof. They do, but any hint that he can be that guy. They don't grow on trees. No, I you've got to win the lottery if you're going to draft one, basically. I mean, or trade we with Shirelli. Well, yeah, or trade with Shirelli because there's not who we went through this list a couple you know weeks ago. Who of those guys that you had on your list, Craig? were not taken in the first pick or two of a draft. It's right. just Mark Shifley. One, two, or three. It's just yeah. Shifley. He's the only one I can think yeah, of. He was and, seventh. And the reality is, is the Coyotes got unbelievably unlucky. Yep. And uh, to miss out on all of those top players. I mean, they got unbelievably Alex unlucky. Alex number 14 overall pick, by the way. Yeah. But, see, I can absolutely see Strom doing what Wenberg's doing. But Wenberg's around a bunch of players that are all also producing at the exact same time. Yep. I mean, you can pick up a lot of. Oh yeah, yeah. There are there goals. are a, a list of problems with the current crop of Coyotes at the moment. But if you put Strom on Columbus in Wenberg's role, he's he's producing. Well, or he's not we'll playing see. yet. Yeah, I don't think he's playing he's, yet. But he's not out there and not producing. It's one or the other. He's either still a junior or he's just out there and passing the sod or whoever is. Columbus scores seven eight. Nine, ten goals in some of these games, you're going to pick up points. It's not taking anything away from Alex Wenberg, but he was. I don't think he's an elite number one center no, yet. No, I'm not convinced of that yet. No, no but. but. All right, Blackhawks. Bartemi oh, Panarin's going to make a lot of money. Oh yeah, but you act like you're surprised by this. Well, I just. It, it's not that I'm surprised. It's just how he's elevated his game to another level, which, yikes, in year two. Again, he's, he's in a very good position, and he's an extremely talented player. I think it's harder to have a sophomore slump when everybody on the other team's keying in on Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves when he's healthy. Yeah, when he's, he's leading the team in points. Yeah. He's leading the Blackhawks in points. Artemi Panarin is a point-a-game guy. And I think he's finally, as weird as this sounds, finally starting to get some of the respect he deserves because he's doing it again. Because the easy narrative is to say, oh, well, you know, he's, on, he's got talent around him. He's got... At some point, everybody on Chicago has talent around him, and nobody's doing what Artemi Panarin's well, doing. And you mentioned the, the injuries, too. You know, uh, They broke up that line for a while. Yeah. Kane hasn't always played with Artemi Panarin this year. Taves has been out of the lineup mm-hmm. for a good chunk. Artem Anisimov's been out of the lineup. He just keeps producing. He's, he's a very good player. He's yeah. a special player, so what are yeah. they going to have to pay him? And how are they going to do it? They need to move a big contract. <laughs> well, that, that is a great question. I they don't know how to they're going to do this. They need to move a big contract, I think. And they're they're they going to have to. Are they going to have to like try and take, have someone take Brent Seabrook? That's probably what they have to do. Or you let go of yet another effective bottom six player like Marcus Kruger and try and trade him. Yeah, but just do that. I mean, at the end of the day, it's kind of like what Jamie was just saying. It's not like Marcus Kruger isn't valuable, but how valuable is Marcus Kruger on Colorado? Just pray, right now? pray Las Vegas takes Marion Hosa off your hands. He's having a good Marion year Hosa too. Has a no move. No, does he have full no? Does he still have a full no move in this final part? Oh, so. he does, doesn't he? Yeah, Let's see. Too. You're gonna be paying not that he hasn't been good, off. but that contract is gonna. I mean, yeah, Hose has been very good this year, but uh, it's gonna it's gonna hurt them down the road. Yeah, I I don't really know what you're gonna do, but I'm confident that they'll pull it off. I just you know, I know, I know people talk that way about Stan Bowman, like he can just pull a rabbit out of the hat every year, but at a certain point, there's just you're out of options. 
Well, yeah, I mean, and they, they've said that, and sometimes he's done it, but then sometimes Brandon Saad goes to Columbus. Yeah, but and I hear that, and Brandon Saad's obviously. And Tara Teravainen goes to Carolina. But I are mean, you are you concerned they're going to lose Panarin? No, I, okay. I think they'll do whatever the hell they have to do to keep him. But I'm wondering what sort of impact it makes on their roster. Again, but either way, you're still going to have Panarin, Kane, Taves, Keith. Yes. So you're in a better spot than 90% of the teams in the league, and that's. You know, that's assuming. I would assume you're going to have an Isimov too. Is he a possibility? I guess that you could trade. He's four point five million a year. I can't imagine them trading him. They've been trying to get a second line center. Yeah, for so long. That, that's, a good, that's a good. That's a good contract too. And he's having a terrific year. And you can't trade Hosa, so you're going to have two loaded, two top loaded six top lines. Yeah, it's going to have to be Seabrook. So you can fill in the pieces they around. Core Kruger. I mean, Brent Seabrook's contract runs through like forever. The next millennium. Yeah, at six point eight seven five. Yeah, it's good a luck. Big number to move. Uh, I don't know how you move it. You maybe move Kruger, but then kill another penalty ever again. It doesn't so. matter, though. That, those are the pieces No, it, it does kind of matter, though. <laughs> yeah, Brent Seabrook signed through 2024. But am I out of line here? If, if you're, I mean, if you're sitting there saying, well, we get to have Panarin and Anisimov and Kane and Taves and Hosa and Keith, and we can keep Seabrook and we have Crawford, but we had to give up Kruger, like, well, that, those are the breaks. I mean, that's what you have to do, but then there are worse team than they were before that happened. They are. And again, I, with Chicago, we are splitting cup or no cup. That's fair. We're not splitting are they good, are they made. We're splitting a very specific can they win the cup. And at some point... I guess if you... Yeah. Yeah, at some point... They, they, need, the, they need better defense and they need to kill penalties. And at some point, if you keep taking those players off that team, they're well, just you, not going to be able to do it. You think if, if maybe if some a couple of the younger guys that they brought onto their blue line turn into decent defensemen, they might still be okay. But yeah, now you're taking... You've, you've always had three defensemen that you could rely on at least, and if you take one out, then yeah. <laughs> but they don't have any. They don't have options. It's not like yeah. there's something where they can just freeze their roster and say, "No, we get to keep all these guys." So if no, they, they have to do something. Give because up Kruger. Losing Panarin is a disaster too. It's a complete yeah. disaster. You can so replace you Kruger. You can't, can't replace Panarin. Yeah, I can't help wondering if they just believe that the cap was going to go up more than it has yeah. over the last few years. Well, yeah, they probably, they probably did. Banked on that. But at a certain point, too, I think they're just saying, we've got star players that other teams would kill for. We're going to keep that core, and we're going to fill in the pieces around it. I mean, how many times have we seen the Patriots juggle things around in the yeah. NFL? Okay, well, we've got Brady. We'll build around that, basically. And it's not like it's not like there's 10 Marcus Krugers out there, but you have a better chance of finding somebody that can be 80% of him than somebody that can be 80% of Panera. It's Correct. the only way you can do it, and it seems to be working for them. But I agree. What's he going to make? I've seen six million thrown around. Six million is what I thought, and honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if he was asking for more. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be. There are some. He's an RFA, players. so he's going to get a, his value is going to be artificially lowered. Yeah, I mean, he's, that's true. He's but, a restricted free agent. So. Yeah, so his his value is going to be a little lowered. But I mean, I think he could very well. I mean, what what did Saad get? Six by six. Yeah. I think wouldn't that's. You rather have him than Saad. I think that's right around the range. I like a lot of Brian Saad's game, though. I like a lot of the stuff he does. But if you have to pick one or the other, I mean, and Saad and and would give some tape somebody to play with. That's true. Yeah, Brian Saad's AAV is six million. So I, I think we're looking around that five to six years. It's six, six two. Darn salary cap. Now you can sell me that a couple of years down the line they're going to be in trouble because of contracts like the Seabrook one that's just going to keep going and going. And at some point these guys aren't going to be superstars. Yeah, at, at some point so you're going to get diminishing returns. And most importantly, at some point, Taves and Kane are going to age. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're okay. I think they probably look at it as a window. And you know what? They've got three. Yeah. If they win another one, 
that, 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 that's, that's what you do this for. I mean, in reality, if you win one, if you risk it all one year and you yeah, win, that was now. worth it. Yeah. It's worth being in cap hell for two or three years because the whole point is to win a cup. And they've won multiple. Man, if they get one more, I just... And even if they I, don't, they cement their legacy. Yeah. yeah, maybe they do anyway. In the yeah, it's really hard to win in this era, in the salary cap era. Even get, if they don't, there's no way to look at this as anything but an overwhelming success. Yeah, I don't. I guess maybe you can make a case that if they don't win another one and then they're terrible in four years, they don't cement their legacy necessarily. But to Jamie's point, they're definitely successful yeah. because would you rather be the team that even has one cup or the and then is terrible for a couple of years, or the team? That makes the playoffs every year and somehow gets to the second round sometimes and then back to the first. Basically, would you rather be the Blackhawks or the Blues? Yeah. Also, they don't they don't hand out trophies for great cap management. All right. They, <laughs> no, but they should. The whole point of the managing your cap is to do what you can to then win a cup. That yeah. I mean, it's ultimately, I think sometimes that gets lost where in a few different sports with cups and with prospects as well. That I think the end game sometimes gets lost by the idea. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It was you know, very deep, but yeah. I, I would agree with it. It's more sometimes with prospects, with prospect. Well, I won't trade this prospect for an established star when, you know, well, best case scenario, that guy is this guy. Oh, yeah. Take this guy. Yeah. No, that's... So there's, there's a lot of so things often. that go with that. But ultimately, the goal is to win the championship. And however you do it, even if it means a couple years where you don't win it. Even if they don't win it this year, they're legitimate contenders. Whereas yeah. 20 teams in this league are not legitimate contenders to win to actually win the cup this the, year. The Western Conference playoffs this year, I, I have no idea what's happening. Do you think we'll have any clarity by the time the playoffs actually start? Maybe. It's still, mm. We still have a lot of a lot time. time. I think two more months, you probably have a much better idea. But if, yeah, if it looks like it looks now, could just be somebody getting hot. Yeah. And there are probably a bunch of teams like, going back to Dallas, if Dallas gets healthy – and they can start playing the way they were playing at the end, you know, last year. Yeah. Who scares them going into the playoffs? Oh. Who, who don't you want to play in the Western Conference? Where you say, whoa, there's no way we can take out that team. Yeah. I, I don't see a team in the West. If no. you're a Blackhawks fan, I would be cons- – I would just – I'd be pulling for Dallas to not get in because you're right. If everybody plays their best and you're looking at a seven-game series, Dallas scares me a lot more from Chicago's perspective. If they're than, healthy. Even if they're healthy. Yeah, yeah. them at their best. And that's a series I just want to watch. I just want to see every game be 6-5 in a playoff series. Like, that to me would be more so than, you know, Minnesota scoring a, a goal or two against Chicago in the first three games and being out before they even get back to Minnesota, basically. Wow. Still taking down the wild. Okay. I, I think Minnesota, Minnesota could make a run through the West, but they need to avoid Chicago. You know how that's just that way in the NFL. Like, there's certain teams that could go. Like, the Kansas City Chiefs are a real good football team. They're not beating the Patriots in a one game. They're just, they're not. We've well, seen this before. Well, because the Patriots are a significantly better football team. Yeah, that's fine. But I'm not sure the Blackhawks are a significantly better hockey team than the Wild. But we've seen this. And Minnesota didn't go out and add anybody amazing. This is the same team Stoll's that lost them. Yeah, I mean, Eric Stoll, yeah, I mean, Eric Stoll's really helpful. They, add, they changed their coach and their strategy. I mean, I think that means more than. No, yeah. well, we'll see. I would prefer to watch Chicago play somebody else in round one. Well, so would I, of course. Anyone. You wouldn't rather see them play Minnesota? Oh, I just like, no, I, I'd like to see Chicago play someone else that I felt a little better about. Yeah. I think Minnesota's a dangerous team. Who, who's the team in the Central that you would, like, here, how about just rank these teams that you would rather play or not play? And I, I don't want to face the Blues. You don't want to face the Blues. Mm-hmm. That makes sense to me. Nashville, Minnesota, Dallas, Winnipeg. Dallas, it, it depends on which Dallas team we're talking about. If, if Dallas is on a run... Well, they have to be, probably, to get into the playoffs. They're scary, too, then. They're scary. They gave, they gave the Blackhawks fits last year. 
So Nashville, Winnipeg, or Minnesota? Like Minnesota's starting to climb that Na- list of I'd teams. Take Nashville. Have you know, and I know Winnipeg gives them trouble in, in the regular season, but I don't believe Winnipeg beats them in a playoff series. They would adjust over the course yeah, of seven games. Yeah. All right, we have to talk World Juniors, and we have to talk we outdoor games. We don't have to. I'm just going to keep pushing these. Okay. All right. So the World Juniors Your start world. today. They're going as we speak. I yeah, believe cool. the U.S. is playing Latvia. They are. Has that game already started? I, if it hasn't started, it's going to start very shortly. Mega ratings. Thank you. Mega. If somebody said to the two of you, you have to watch the World Juniors or one of these outdoor games, which one are you watching? Outdoor game. I'll watch the outdoor game. Really? Okay. Just because it's an NHL game that actually... Yeah. Do you guys both just hate the World Juniors? No, no it's I just, not that I hate them. It's this year just feels kind of meh. Yeah, it, just, it is. It's just it doesn't register. This year for me. specifically? Here's, yeah. Here's the thing, and I think this for me personally, I grew up in Chicago, and it's a big league town. Now you, college sports don't have a foothold in Chicago. No. Nobody really cares about That's it. Mostly because they all suck. It's either, the, it's either the highest level of the sport, or it just doesn't matter that much. I, I just, That's kind of where in I In years past, okay. there were so many big name prospects. And I don't feel like it has quite the level of star power this year. I would give you that. I think that's the biggest reason. Also, maybe this is, again, and maybe nobody else thinks this way, but I think the World Cup of Hockey actually hurts this. You get that nationalism hockey tournament out of the way like two months ago. And I know it's a different tournament, but how do you watch the under-23 team then watch this? You're getting a much better product over there. And that's the same gimmick. But it's the same way as, as watching the NFL as opposed to college football. Like, you know college football is not as good, but people still watch it. It's still Yeah, but it's different deal. because people went to those colleges. There's a different sense of yeah, belonging than there is for, and there's probably for not, that. Yeah, you're probably right. There's not the tie to, oh, my, my world yeah. junior hockey team is playing. Right yeah. Now, I follow I, but I, I think it's a combination. I think the biggest thing is the lack of star power. Yeah, I, I would buy into that's that That's one. I think more. two is the you already had a national tournament. Had this means so much more to me than the World Cup, it's not even close. It should mean more, but it's kind of like I feel when, when they when they have the World Juniors and the World Championship, where I much more enjoy the World Juniors. By the time World Championship stuff rolls around, like I've seen it. See, to me, international competition, I care about the Olympics. Yeah. Well, no. yeah, the Olympics would be number one. I don't care about the others. But I also think this is a lot more unpredictable, which sure. I think you give you that. Unfortunately, you lose a lot in hockey in terms of, of that unpredictability when you get on the international stage because. There's realistically, what, five teams that ever win gold medals at this point? What, Finland, Sweden, U.S., Russia, Canada? And really, when you get to the best of the best, it always just seems to be Canada and maybe Sweden. Yeah, and I think the NHL can can help with this by by promoting these young guys more. I mean, you, you look at how popular the NFL and the NBA drafts in particular are and, and the hype that surrounds them leading up. I think that the NHL can capitalize, again, if they ever want to promote individual players ever again, since apparently that's something that they say they never want to do, because, you know, God forbid people watch their game. Jamie, Jamie is especially bitter. But this, uh, this is, this is an area day. where they could give, give me a reason. Give your casual hockey fan a reason. Why should I care about this 16-year-old skating at 2 o'clock on a Monday? Well, this, this, this person could go in the first round, and if he goes in the first round, he can make this kind of an impact. I mean... There's just I feel like there's such a lack of connection there that if there aren't the star names of players either you know like a like a McDavid or a, or an Austin Matthews that everybody knows that are going really high, or hey I want to see this one prospect on my favorite team play, then people are like yeah I don't really care. How much of McDavid and Matthews ruined junior hockey or or you know prospects coming in for the next couple of years? 
because it, nobody can live up to Yeah, everybody's going to measure. Oh, it, well, you're right. it, and, maybe and nobody's that, saying they are as good as them. But but it's not just those two. I mean, I mean, there were years back where you wanted to. I mean, you'd pay good money to watch McKinnon and Druin play in, in those in those situations. And I just feel like there's just a lack of star power right now. Maybe it's because it's a down ish year for the draft, but. It felt like the last, and, and we read some of the number one picks, but it feels like the last four or five years there were several that even casual fans could name big name prospects playing in this tournament. But a lot of these guys, like Patrick Laine, wasn't supposed to be a, the number two pick until the World Juniors last no, year. No, but he's somebody that emerged. Yeah, but that's but what I'm saying. But, but may, going, and some maybe somebody emerge. comes out, but that's not going to help your ratings while it's happening. No, that's yeah. Well, what you could do is you could watch the the World Junior preview show that I watched last night. Which uh, did you guys see this? I'm guessing not. No, of course not. Okay. Well, I just had it on. It was Christmas. It's just like 11 o'clock at night. Okay. That still makes it Christmas. I can't, I can't work with... Oh, well, excuse me. Family's more important yeah. than junior hockey. U.S. and Latvia are tied 1-1 right now. Uh, anyway, watching the, the preview that was the TSN preview. It wasn't the NHL Network preview. Hour-long preview. God forbid they put, do, put something on their own network that they create. Not... <laughs> This has to be Jamie's <laughs> saltiest episode ever. <laughs> I, so, th- I don't agree because nobody else cares. I don't understand how that network runs itself prior to MLB Advanced Media or now. I, I don't get it. It's not that hard. Well, anyway, <laughs> that's a whole different topic for a different show. They showed it's the, your league. You have access to everything. They showed the <laughs> TSN preview, and it was literally an hour long, and they literally spoke about players that aren't on Canada for less than one minute in an hour-long preview. Well, to be fair, it's a Canadian show. That's fine. But if we're flipping this around and we are, we're doing a preview of, I know you're going to say that we wouldn't do a World Junior preview in the U.S., but TSN's their ESPN. So if ESPN's doing some sort of international tournament preview, they're not going to mention some of the other players that might they be... Bear, well, yeah, they, so when they do, like, USA basketball, yeah, they mention the, the Gasols. cares about this tournament. I, I, again, I think, I think this is a Canadian interest, and that's about it. Just don't think there's widespread interest outside Canada. Yeah. Just, so fine. Give give the you know play to your audience. I, I need Sebastian. Lots here. of Canadians Sebastian watching. Sebastian will be on my yeah, side. Not too yeah. many others. They care in Sweden. They don't care in the U.S. Yeah, but we're not in Sweden. You guys don't care. Maybe one out of three people in the U.S. cares. Well, there's uh, one out of three people in this room cares. The U.S. cares about the World Juniors. One out of three hockey fans in the no, U.S. No, just one out of three people in this room. I'll even take that bet. I'll bet it's not one out of three. Well, I don't know how we're going to prove this. I don't know. How about yeah. this? You, I'm right. Let's hire no. a public opinion. Yeah, they're going to say a private public take a poll. So we know we can rely on those statistics. We need a Gallup poll. Well they predicted the presidential yeah. election. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, it's oh, all I'm, coming I'm, out I'm, here. Are we going to get, like, the whisper point? vote? I don't want to tell people I like the World Juniors, but I do. Uh, yes. <laughs> so I, is, that, is that what's going to happen? I admit that I like World Juniors because <laughs> it's not good for Think less of me. Yeah. Uh, I'm embarrassed, but deservedly so. Uh, but maybe just, like, an informal Internet poll because those never lie. <laughs> SurveyMonkey.com. To your earlier point, though, it's really – imagine being the number one pick in this year's draft, what that's going to feel like. There's no way you're living up. Yeah. You're no. not Connor McDavid. And he's not Austin playing Matthews. in this tournament. And Olin Patrick's not playing in the World Juniors. Right. But even, even so, coming into the draft, it's, it, the expectations for the team that takes him, regardless of reality, no. what everyone's telling you in the scouting report – yeah. That fan base still wants you to be as good as, good as those, those two guys, guys that came before. Not you can't do it. Not going to happen. It's a really hard situation to be in. I'm sorry, sorry Vancouver. Nolan Patrick is not <laughs> right. as good. Which Canadian team are we talking yeah. about? It's Connor McDavid. Yes. It's got to be even tougher if you're in Vancouver because no, no, you're no, looking you at your what? other this Canadian brothers. The that they allow an American team to jump in and get the first pick. Yeah, it'll be it'll be Arizona. We know Colorado the Colorado again? Player. Is it going to be Colorado again? 
Could be Colorado. It'll probably be Arizona, so we can just just uh, just twist knives a little bit more in the fan base. Oh yeah, well at least you you, you got the first pick. What are you talking about? <laughs> it was within one of those three yeah. years, right? You just got the yeah. third year. Like, so they, I don't even care if they give it to Edmonton this year. <laughs> well, Edmonton's going to make the playoffs. That would be a little awkward if Edmonton got the first pick, Ooh. too. I would care at that point. Finally be able to expose the conspiracy. <laughs> yeah. Something would be up. They'll uh, trade for some team's number first-round pick for some reason. and then and the, Yeah, they will. Then they'll, they'll get it. They'll trade. Well, Connor McDavid. Yeah. <laughs> Probably <laughs> not doing that. In terms of star power, Craig, I know you feel strongly about this. Wouldn't there be more star power if NHL teams had to give their junior players to their, oh, <laughs> oh God. their, their host countries? Were you the one that brought it up to me at the game, or was it someone else? Uh, I think it was, might have been somebody else, because I, I try not to talk about world juniors. I'm not going to call out where I read this, but there, there was actually a column written from a, a fairly reputable media outlet suggesting that the Coyotes should have allowed Lawson Krause to go play. Can I just ask you this one question? That was, was that was one question. This starting now was this a reputable media outlet based in Canada yes. or the U.S. Okay, because <laughs> upset of the century. Yeah, well, I've heard this too, and and I've even actually talked to somebody not from that outlet but from Canada about this because they asked, "Hey, Lawson Kraus isn't scoring a lot of goals. Why do the Coyotes need him right now?" You're not watching him play. We would all agree in this room, whether you think the Coyotes have issues or not, Lawson Krause has gotten significantly better over the last two to three weeks. Also, I don't care if he's scoring. I don't care if he has zero goals. If he's in their starting lineup, if he's in their lineup on a nightly basis, you don't say, hey, you know, we're just going to take you out of the lineup and throw you in the World Juniors. Exactly. Because, hey, we want to help out that team. What? No, it's not that team. He's being paid. He's a professional. He has a job. If You don't just say, yeah, go ahead, leave. If he was not Canadian, this would not ever come no, up. No, of course not. It makes sense to take. It's just moronic. It makes no you sense. You answer my also, question before I can even what, ask what it. What incentives do the Coyotes have to do anything like that? They don't. And, and again, <laughs> is he not getting better? Sure he to is. To me, he's actually improving by playing in the NHL. Yes, and he's playing. He is playing. Mm-hmm. Again, he's in their starting lineup. Yeah. He's, he's, he's part, not, if he was I mean, Frank Corrado, a, then yeah, maybe the, you say. a drop of the puck. But, you know, he's, he's in one of their top yeah. four lines. He's playing right. He has made it to the NHL. No, you don't go play in the World no. Juniors anymore so just because you're eligible. You've is, made it. Is the thinking then, well, we're not seeing him play, so we're just glancing at his stats really quick, and that's why we think that he'd be better off in junior? I have not delved deeply into I, the, the yeah. line of thinking. Or we think he'd help Team Canada. And yeah, we th- that's him. the latter. Okay. It's the latter. Yeah, no. I think they, oh, they don't care. It's, oh, he would help us. We don't care about that team. Yeah. Okay. It's, I think it's as simple as that. I was hoping that wasn't the case, but you know better. Winter Classic or Centennial Classic? Which one uh, fires you up more? Do I even have to answer that? Um, <laughs> yeah, no, actually, Craig's Pro- Probably that, like, Minnesota-Columbus game that's happening in a few days would fire me up more. Wow. That's a good game. I'm, uh, are you going to watch that game? I Well, what day is that on? New Year's Eve. Are I'll be in the air. Be in flying the air. to Tampa. New Year's Eve? Not on the air, in the air. What time on New Year's Eve? I'll be, wa- I'll be at the uh, I will be... So, yeah, I'll be watching that game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As he curses Ohio State yeah, from the press box. that'll be the only thing Columbus fans have to cheer for that day. Ohio State will be down by I, Oh, boy, you, 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 you could curse both Columbus teams at the same time. Wow. It's going to be a bad night for Columbus. Where is that game? Is that in Minnesota? Uh, no idea. I don't know. Either way. I don't want to look that up. Well, the Centennial Classic is Toronto-Detroit from Toronto. And the Winter Classic is not on New Year's this year. It's Chicago-St. Louis from St. Louis. Yes. That's, That's a better stadium. game. Which is kind of cool. Yeah, it is, and that's that's the better of the two. It is. It's always a spectacle. It's, but yeah, I mean, it's I, worth I, I don't. Uh, and then the stadium series in February, Flyers Penguins. But yeah, I, I that's don't care just much. gonna be a fight yeah. outside. It will. 
It's the Flyers. Yeah. It'd be an outdoor Can't fight it. instead of an indoor fight, especially those two teams. Like Pittsburgh, oh, yeah. there's no team that makes the Penguins lose their cool better than the Flyers. Well, and also those the, the latter two, the the Central Division one and the and Penn's Flyers matter. I mean, those are big games. That's true for teams that are going to are in playoff contention. You don't think Toronto's making the playoffs? I don't think either of those teams are making the playoffs. Well, we know how you feel about Detroit. That's why I didn't frame the question that way. All right. Anything else here before we uh, wrap up? Any thoughts as we head towards the second, I don't know, period of the season? It's not the second half yet, but we're coming out of the All-Star break or the holiday break. One quick question. Yes. Do we think Jonathan Quick is the only problem with L.A.? Because I don't. No. And I I just, I don't understand that team. Uh, I'm with you. I don't think he's the only problem, but I think he can fix a lot. Like, L.A. is a team everyone's going to go, oh, man, I don't want to play them in the postseason. Really? Are you sure? Might not have to. Yeah, one, you might not have to. And two, we're like, are you, are you sure? Uh, I think Quick, will, when he comes back, will cover up a lot of issues. How's that for answering your question? What are those issues, though? I, I don't that know. That they sold their soul to the devil? Well, I mean, that's Kopitar one. Kopitar has three goals? Yeah. I think there is something to the fact that there's, they're, they're not playing an outdated style of hockey, but they're not, they haven't adjusted or adapted as quickly as some of these other teams are. Like, Pittsburgh won the Cup last year mainly with speed. And you start to look at some of these other teams that are up near the top, they all have speed. And Columbus can mm. skate. LA's got some of it. But some, but not enough. They have a lot of players that were they were built around the win a couple just don't years see ago. The depth. Yeah, I mean their blue line really, was, I mean. their blue line was an issue last year in particular, yeah, I mean. and it is still. They're just not they're not as deep as they were. How about their the, second cup run was the best team. I mean so they got hot for that first run, but they weren't their their top of the line players weren't it's probably easy to say their top yeah. of the line players aren't as, aren't as good as Chicago, so they can't carry them. They're not. They have one through the lack of depth. They have one. I, I like Toffoli, but he's not an elite, elite player. Almost Jeff Carter's not an elite, elite. Back. Yeah, Jeff Carter's been their best player. Their Jeff Carter's been really good, but he's not one of the fifteen best players in the league. They were built to win. When they won cups, they were winning low-scoring games. It's a high-scoring league now, yeah. and so what the games that they were winning two to one or. Three to two in the past. Those games are now five three or yeah, four three. Feel like they can clamp down on. And we've talked about the, their possession, particularly last year. But the other, you know, we talk a lot about you know who has the puck. But the other piece of that is what do you do once you have it? It's nice to have it all the time, even though they don't have it quite as much now as they, they had in your past, where well, they were blowing Chris everybody Brogan, away. You take it and go home. But you have to then do something with it. Yeah, that's, I, where, they, that's where the talent aspect of it comes in. It's it. Look, their run was a success. They won two Stanley Cups. Yeah. To your earlier point, but they. I just don't think they have the ability. Some nights you just you have to be able to beat a team now in this league. You need to be able to score four or five goals on some nights, and the Kings can do it occasionally. I mean, they're still a decent team, but is there any chance they win the Stanley Cup this year? I, 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 can't I don't fear that it. team. I don't, I don't, I, LA doesn't come to town and you go, wow, that team's going to put up no, four or five like goals. and a slow slide, and, and I don't know. I mean, we've heard talk for now. Executive, we hear, yeah. What do you do with this team? What, what are you thinking with this team? And we've heard for a year and a half now rumblings and rumors, and people don't put their names to it, but issues that they've had with Sutter. Well, yeah, I mean, this could the locking be a him out of the locker room stuff. I mean, again, it's never just one thing, but you start to wonder now: Is this okay? Is has the window closed for their cup window, and they need to start taking their core pieces and adding other pieces around them, and all, not a rebuild, this, but a reshuffle? This something like with Pittsburgh: Is there a coach out there that all of a sudden, if LA makes a switch here and three, I'm, look, Daryl Sutter's a great coach; he's won two cups. I'm not saying that he needs to be fired. But if the Kings just felt that that was the situation, if they both just decided to part ways, is this team a team where if you brought in just the right coach, he could unlock them the way 
Sullivan unlocked the Penguins because people no. were writing nah, Pittsburgh off last year. I don't no, think Daryl Sutter's the issue here. No, I don't. Well, that's not even so much that Sutter's the issue. It's just with the players. Res- is there no? Are the players think, there? I don't, I don't think there's a, a lock to unlock. Okay. To be honest, yeah. I just again, I just think that this is a team in slow decline. So are they a playoff team? Probably still a playoff team. I think LA will be there when it's all said and done. And Assuming Jonathan Quick comes back. We agree. If Which is no, no easy. Back. But if he is back and he and he's played for a month or two before the playoffs start. Yeah, I that, still think this team. But but you know, in this division, and too, they could take a team out in the playoffs. But look at that! Too. Look at that team on paper. Like, go pull them up right now. Pull up that team on paper, and you, can, and, and you start to wonder, like, where? I think to Greg's point, well, what's there to unlock? Look that up on the internet. I mean, Gabrick. cap situation. <laughs> I mean, Gabrick's fallen off completely in the last about a year and a well, half. Kopitar's yeah. not. I mean, I still think he's an elite player, but he's not playing like one right now. Trevor Lewis, Dwight King. You know, Carter's been good. Toffoli's been okay, not as good as he's been. Pearson, Dowd, Setaguchi. Yeah, those were the guys, like Toffoli and Pearson, that had people excited yeah. about the future because they were, they were pieces that fit into a cup contender. But the, when there's yeah. more emphasis on them now, more pressure on them, maybe and maybe that was maybe their peak. Good players, but they're not going to take that. Next you can't be built maybe that entirely was around vets and not have any young players that can step in and produce. And, and Toffoli's been okay, but he hasn't been great. Pearson's been extremely. And their blue line's extreme. an issue. Outside of Dowdy, the blue line's a problem. Their second pairing's fine, but they don't have anybody for Dowdy to play with. I know that, and they don't have a third, a decent yeah, I third. Think, I like Alec Martinez. I think he's. Yeah, I like the Muzzin Martinez combo there, but. Yeah. How about this? Yeah, missing Slava Valinov. Yeah. They're, they've missed him, and again, he doesn't deserve to play for them ever nope, again. But the, the on ice aspect of it is they miss him. They're going to have twenty six million dollars tied up in Kopitar, Jeff Carter, Marion Gabrick, and Dustin, Dustin Brown, Brown in two thousand twenty one. This is a team that's going to have problems. Yeah, that this is a team I worry about completely bottoming out at some point. Or, well, you know, no, there'll be a lockout. And they'll get free buyouts. This is we know how this is going to end. We do, we do, but I say that jokingly, but I'm not really joking. <laughs> it didn't feel like a joke. It's because this, is what's gonna, this always the, works out in the end. players will smuggle Cubans. Yeah, who, whose contract can... They'll be able to buy him, uh, you know, just yeah, who, his contract. Whose contract can they void next? Yeah. Wow. All right, do we want to do the uh, Lipinski list? Do we? I don't know. I don't even know what it is. Do we want to save it for New Year's, or do you want to go today? I got a couple. It's just yeah. the best moments of 2016, right? Okay, go ahead. Oh. Just throw them right. Oh, it's just me? I didn't even know what we were it's doing. This All you. Like it's named after you. It's called <laughs> it's the, the Lopinski list. scam in internet history. Craig feeds me a topic for the list that he named after me. Discuss. And then half the time he changes the topic without telling one of us. Well, I, I tell Jamie all the time. Yeah, yeah you're the one we don't tell. Well, okay, right? then what's the topic, Jamie? Best moments of 2016. <laughs> Whatever. It's only because I said that. <laughs> you don't know that now. I do know that. How about uh, P.K. Subban wearing a Yarmor Yager mullet? <laughs> that might be the top moment of 2016 for me. It might have been Craig singing No Canada that's on the podcast. Oh, wow. We're going far afield here. That was a good, that's a great he moment. It really wasn't a good performance. No, Craig wasn't happy with honest, it. That wasn't he happy. Still and he happy. went through it. Like, I could tell about halfway through he wasn't happy with sounded it, but better, he kept going. Sounded better at home. Oh. I really did. Oh. Yeah. My daughters were impressed. Were they? Sure. Or were they just being nice because they're your Maybe. daughters? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. What did they say when they heard the podcast version? They actually said what I said. Oh. Yeah. All right. I got some criticism when I got home. Oh. A true journalist teaching his daughters to be critical at a young age. Yeah. Uh, Phil Kessel winning a Stanley Cup. I won't say the Penguins winning the Cup. See, that was actually, that was going to be on my list. Phil Kessel winning the Cup. Let's just make a collective list. That was a cool list. That was a cool moment. Absolutely. For a guy that gets a lot of criticism for no good reason. Yeah, that, that, yeah. No good reason. I feel like that story has 
gone away in my mind now, but that's true. It's still there. Earlier this season, he wasn't scoring. And I, I, I listened to a lot of Canadian hockey broadcasts, apparently, and they were still bashing Phil Kessel after he, he took its food. could have won the cons. He was Toronto's best was. player for three years. <laughs> I, I've heard arguments this year that he was on the Penguins when they won the Cup. Basically, the Trent Dilfer was on the Ravens when they won the Super Bowl arguments. Like, no, that's not the case. I, Pittsburgh probably doesn't win that Cup without Phil Kessel. Yeah, no, they don't. I, I don't. I, I don't understand. I mean, I mean we, how many times mm. did we talk? Maybe he's the MVP. I mean, we he had was that right conversation. There. Yeah, I mean, right there. there's a lot of conversation. I, I don't get it. Can there's they be bad things? Yeah. Can they be bad things yeah. for your list? Well, Best moments. I mean, just. Memorable moments to me. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot of bad things in 2016. Yeah, list yeah. Off. Let's, let's fire away on those for a little well, bit. Well, got, wait, I've got one more good one. How would you like to be Al Montoya? Oh. How do you think Al Montoya will remember 2016? <laughs> I just, I never expect anybody to look directly at me and say, how would you like to be Al Montoya? It's a loaded question. <laughs> uh, he will probably remember giving up 10 goals in one I'm game. I'm going to remember that moment from this year. This yeah, crazy. yeah. He actually believes their goalie to give up 10 goals. He's been good this season other than that, though. Tough to recover. He from. might win a cup. He's not going to win a cup. I'll remember the Blackhawks penalty killing unit late 2016. That it's was gotten a, better. That was interesting to watch. We remember Brent Seabrook's two post shot. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yes. This is kind of a fun game, actually, now. Las Vegas, uh, this is back to good for me. Las Vegas getting a team. And I actually, Craig and I were in Vegas when this happened. I was in the awards show room. We probably weren't in our room, right? Because we couldn't get in? No, <laughs> we were not in our room. Truth be told, I was eating a lot of food in the awards show room when the exact announcement was made. Craig was in the announcement room. So not only did Vegas get a team, Vegas got a team in front of a bunch of angry Quebec reporters. Which <laughs> Yeah, th those were the best questions. Yeah. Well, why weren't we good enough for you? It, it, and it, it had been laid out for them why they... How why, delusional it, were they? And Bill Daly had to get up at the podium after that and talk about, you know, we still, you know, we still like Quebec as a market. It had nothing to do with the corporate sponsorship prospects. Uh, and, and, and basically, Bill Daly just had to get up there and lie. Yeah. I just... It, oh, yeah, it, we still believe not. They're just not into you, Quebec. It's <laughs> baffling to me at, in the moment that they were... That they were there expecting there was going to be this announcement. They went to Vegas to announce that Vegas will not be getting a team, but Quebec will. Quebec would. That was the weirdest thing. And then also the, the thought that you're going to out-argue Bill Daly or Gary Bettman. Like, you're going to put them on the spot and they're not going to know how to we're respond. This the is what they we'll do. fans in the arena. Yeah, that's the only thing that matters anymore. When you're yeah, you're 13,000-seat arena. Is your fans. No. No. The, the picture has Even changed. Even if you thought you were going to... Uh, whatever. There was just there was no way there was no way on that specific day anybody other than Las Vegas think, was getting a hockey team. I don't think any maybe there were a couple of really clueless people there from Quebec that actually thought there was still a chance that they could turn the tide here. But I think most of them that were there just to gripe, okay, yeah. or or gain a better understanding of why Quebec is not worthy of the NHL. You could have gained that without driving or you flying really could all the way to Vegas. You just done sound yeah. research into the market. Yeah, it just. Or just ask them like any other time when they've explained numerous times what they're looking for. Yeah, nobody listens when people talk anymore, though. It's 2016. I know. That's true. That's pretty Facts much. That's all Research I got on my list. My, uh, I wasn't there for it, but I, were, I, I think the most memorable one on the podcast was uh, Luke losing his ID in Vegas and then uh, wasn't my favorite recording in the dark. I do remember doing that podcast from the hotel room in Vegas with our with splen view. splendid view of an empty lot that. That's probably we were, where your ID was. We were both too frightened to uh, to go well, to. There were large rocks. Sort of looked like headstones. It's, it was stones. not. It wasn't the greatest view <laughs> that anybody's ever Gently had. used needles. Gently used. <laughs> 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 
Anything else? I, I no, not after Jetly Noodles. That's that's a walk off. That's line. kind of a showstopper. No other memories from 2016. We're both. We're all going to leave I here. Have many today. more, but we. I think we should put more effort into this and come yeah. back with our best moments I of 2016. I put effort. Those are my best moments. Oh. Yeah. I had some too. I had some bad moments. Yeah. Give us one more bad moment before we wrap up. I'm out of bad moments okay. right now. I can't get past gently used needles. Right, that's, that's all I'm thinking about. Then we'll leave on this note. Yarmar Yager won the NHL's first star of the week this week. past week. He's 58 years old, and he just won first star of the week. He's still producing. I want, again, I want him to play to 50. I yeah. really want to see it. Well, it's not just a, I want him to stick to his word, Yeah. what he told his Colombian friend. <laughs> his Colombian play friend. Play until you're 50. <laughs> if you ever write a, a book about your life in journalism, it's what else? It. What else would the book about his life be? It, well, I don't know. Wow. Maybe. Yeah. It's, wow. It's like all I've got. It feels like a real slap in the face, Greg. <laughs> Do you want to keep working with him? Yeah. Okay. I want to know when. What comes after gently used? By the way. I, I moderately used. Aggressively. Um, well. Is it what, how many? Uh, how many? Repurposed. <laughs> it's, I'm trying to think of like all the advertisements for like they they won't say used car or used for <laughs> a new to you needle. A new to you needle. <laughs> Vintage. I know. I need Frank Luntz in here to give me more ideas for how to make this work. But like, collectible. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's the you know it's those gradations that I'm. I've always needle. been confused by these things. Like when does a pebble become a stone? Yeah. Become a rock? I, I don't know. It always gets philosophical. So gently used needle too. Gently used needle. Moderately used needle. How many usages uh, define each of those? Anything categories? more than one. Okay. So gently used is one. Yeah. Gently used is one. <laughs> One used gently. I, mean. I tried to end this show, let the record show, on, on a high note with Yarmar Yager winning first star of the well, week. And does it matter what was in the hypodermic? I said it's you like can cool. really end on a high note if you use one of those gently used needles. Oh, boy. All right. <laughs> That'll do it for the Eric Carlson episode of uh, the Natural Hattrick Podcast. Again, we're not defending anything we just said. We, ironically, yeah, this don't, is the episode don't do drugs, kids. where we're going to need to defend 80% of what we said on this show, and this is the one we're not going to play any defense. So, for Craig Morgan, for Jamie Eisner, I'm Luke Lipinski. Thanks for listening to the Natural Hattrick Podcast. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.